Good morning, Alan. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Ivana, once again, we visit the thorny issue of the eviction crisis and the situation that is coming down the tracks. As the figure that's been mentioned here in County Wexford, 135 families in County Wexford. Well, well, from the 1st of April, from this Saturday, we'll see the uh, eviction ban being lifted, uh, or at least the lifting will take effect from Saturday. So it means that anyone, any family, any renter, any household which has received a notice to quit uh, over the duration of the last five months, the eviction ban, uh, uh, depending on the length of their tenancy and the date in which the notice was given, they will be liable to be evicted from the 1st of April. And, you know, the real issue here, Alan, is that so many families in Wexford, as you say, but all around the country also, are just facing the edge of eviction. And the worst thing, of course, is that there is nowhere else to go. So it's not just the risk of losing your home that is facing uh, people so starkly now, but also that fear that there will be nowhere else to go. And I'm hearing certainly every day from families in my own constituency who are deeply fearful about having to uproot children from school, about having to move out of their communities. In some cases, will be unable to keep their jobs because they simply cannot find anywhere to live within a reasonable commute uh, of where they're working. So it's, it's a very, very serious issue. And, you know, the real concern we have is that government did not use the duration of the last five months when there was an eviction ban in place. So they didn't use that time to put in place contingency measures to ensure there would be increased number of homes available for people who would be evicted. So, you know, it was never just about pausing evictions. It was about using that pause constructively to provide more homes for people. And, you know, very late in the day, government are now saying they will put in place certain measures from the 1st of May. But that's no good for families that are facing this cliff edge from Saturday. So can you give me an example? You talk about your own constituency there, where people are coming to you and saying that they could be caught up in this and come, you say, Saturday, uh, they will find themselves possibly homeless. What do you say to them and what can you say to them? Well, of course, we reach out. We, we seek to offer assistance and support. We advise them to contact the local authority in the first place. But we're, you know, the, in, that, in the case of my own constituency, it would be Dublin City Council or Wexford Council. But the reality is the local authorities are telling us that they are also facing a chronic shortage of emergency accommodation. So they're currently scrambling to put in place a new, uh, new housing, new homes, new uh, facilities in emergency contexts, B&Bs and hotels and so on for families that may be, uh, may be out of a home from the 1st of April. Uh, so we're also advising people to contact Threshold, which obviously gives advice to renters and on, on uh, their rights. We're advised, because I should say, in fact, Threshold are very important for people to contact. For any of your listeners who are facing a notice to quit taking effect, do contact Threshold because Threshold will assist you and in some cases of course notices to quit may not be valid for particular reasons and uh, and that will that will again give a breathing space to individuals. But you know so Thresh it's about contacting Threshold, contacting the local authorities, contacting other agencies that are working uh, with uh, people in homelessness like Focus Ireland right. and Simon Communities. But really this is Alan, this is really very very minimal and very limited and, and really not the sort of help that people people actually need is an assurance from government that there will be a home for them uh, if and when their eviction takes effect or indeed that if government can't ensure a home is in place that the eviction ban will be extended and we are appealing this week in Labour to, uh, to the government 
to just, you know, change your mind, extend the eviction ban, even for a few short months, to give yourselves the time yep. to put in place the emergency measures that you now say you, you, you will be doing. Things like ramping up the tenants in situ scheme, which is a scheme where councils can buy houses from landlords who want to sell in order to keep tenants in situ, in the place in which they're living, yep. and to prevent them from entering homelessness. But, you know, again, my concern is I hear from landlords tell me that they've been trying to get councils to engage they want to sell their house, but they don't want to see the family renting from them in homelessness. They want to sell the house to the council, but the council has been very slow to take up uh, to take up this scheme. And again, government hasn't just hasn't provided many councils with the relevant resources and capacity to be able to to turn around this scheme. Because obviously, it's, it's complex. Okay. You know, there are some criticisms of the Labour Party uh, in the sense that uh, Verona Murphy, when speaking to me last week, felt that your proposals to combat this would set up a, a, another form of quango, and she was far from complimentary towards you. Uh, also criticism that you're raising this issue because you, you're fearful of the rise of the Social Democrats and you, you want to maintain the relevance of the Labour Party. These are some criticisms that are being levelled at you. I'm sure you've heard these criticisms. What's your response to them? Well, look, I've heard many people, uh, including independents, including government uh, members, lashing out at Labour and at other opposition parties for daring to uh, protest about the lifting of the eviction ban. But this is not about opposition parties. It's not about political point scoring. This is about the reality of families facing homelessness from the 1st of April. And it would be irresponsible of any public representative not to raise deep concerns uh, with government about the effect that their deliberate and conscious decision to lift the eviction ban is going to have. I mean, this is unprecedented. A government making a decision, unexpectedly, may I say, Alan, because they've been indicating they were going to extend the eviction ban until very recently. So they've made a decision unexpectedly that will have, you know, they've made this decision deliberately and consciously to lift the ban with the knowledge that it will drive people into homelessness and without putting in place any plan B, any contingency to ensure the housing care. So that's why we've put down a motion of no confidence in government this week. And I have written to all the independents uh, including Wexford Independence, to ask them to support the motion of no confidence, simply to send a signal to government that they must do more for families facing homelessness. So it's, it's about the, the people who are affected by a government decision. It's not about any party or any individual public representative. Right. It's about it's reflecting what we're hearing on the ground, what my colleagues in Wexford, uh, Brendan Howland and Councillor George Lawler and others are hearing on the ground. It's about reflecting that and, put, and and putting it up to government to do more for people who are facing this cliff edge from Saturday. Can, can I ask you about the, the the big question that a lot of people have raised, was raised even yesterday by Independent Councillor Jack Sarones. Is there Are certain members of Dáil Éireann compromised by the fact that they themselves are landlords? And is, is this a conflict of interests? Well, obviously, we have rules about declaring interests, uh, uh, you know, and, and doing that in an open and transparent way. And I think it's impor- very important that those, you know, you know, those rules are complied with. But I would say this: I think whether a public rep is a landlord or not. The reality is nobody who voted for an independent uh, TD in the last election voted, nobody who did that voted to put some people into homelessness. And I think, you know, independent TDs need to reflect on that. Uh, and indeed all TDs, we're, we're appealing to all TDs of every party and none to support the motion of no confidence and to send this clear signal to government that their housing policy has failed and it's failed catastrophically. They have simply not done 
anything. They sat on their hands for five months and knowing that this cliff edge was coming, knowing that it might lead to a tsunami of evictions if they hadn't put any uh, any support measures, any contingency planning in place. You know, I've put down questions, Alan, over the last few months to go to the Taoiseach, asking them, well, what modelling did you do? What evidence base have you used to lift the ban? Nothing. They've, they've done no modelling on this. It was only after they made the decision to lift the ban that the Residential Tenancies Board released those very alarming figures showing that nearly 4,000 notices to quit were issued in the third quarter of last year alone. And that's going from those figures that were beginning to get a sense of the scale of the crisis facing, uh, facing individuals who are renting. And I should say again, this is not opposition rhetoric. This is figures from the government of the states Residential Tenancies Board. This is the uh, the warning we're hearing back from council officials on the front line of providing services, and we're hearing it back from agencies like the McFerry Trust, like Focus Ireland and Simon Communities, okay. all of whom have sounded the alarm about the lifting of the ban without any sort of contingency planning in place. Do you accept there have been positives? Do you accept that the government have made strides? I mean, Paul Kyo and Senator Malcolm Byrne, Deputy Paul Kyo and Senator Malcolm Byrne outlined those positives to me. Also, there there's potential within in uh, the, the tax exemptions, etc., that could speed up things and make things more beneficial to landlords. Do you accept there are positives? I, you know, I absolutely accept where government has taken constructive steps to address the housing crisis. And we in Labour have always taken that constructive approach to opposition. We supported the government's plan to develop the Land Development Agency. And I see indeed today the Land Development Agency suggesting that there is potential for up to 70,000 homes to be built on public land. That's very welcome. You know, we've been critical of the delays in actually delivering from the Land Development Agency. We've been critical of delays in, in, in bringing forward measures. But we absolutely support measures that will have the effect of keeping people out of homelessness. But let me say this, Alan, you know, on the 9th of February, we put down a motion in the doll putting out a series of eight emergency measures governments could take to address the, uh, the shortfall of housing for people who are coming out of uh, coming through the eviction ban. Government re- rejected those measures. It's interesting to us that some of those measures are now, uh, were now cobbled together by government in their last minute motion in the Dáil last week that they put together in order to buy the support of, of certain independents in the vote yeah. last week. You know, things like ramping up the tenant in situ scheme, things like a right of first refusal, you know, where, where tenants can buy a home from a landlord and they've got the first right to buy, if you like. These are very welcome measures, but the difficulty we have this is that government have moved on them far too little too late. If they were serious about incentivising landlords to stay uh, in the system, you know, they should have been looking at, at how to do this months ago. That If they were serious about ramping up tenant and situ scheme, they should have put the measures in place months ago. The, the eviction ban was to have given them the time and the breathing space to do this. It wasn't used effectively and it's very last minute now to be pushing, right. pulling together this, this this range of measures. But we will of course support measures that will have a positive effect and will keep people out of home. How many people, you, you talk about this coming Saturday uh, as this unfolds, um, are we likely to see Irish families, Wexford families sleeping in church halls and parish halls? What are we likely to see if they cannot be, uh, if accommodation is not found for them? Well, you know, I very much hope we won't see any of those awful scenarios. I think all of us remember only too well, I think it was just five years ago, uh, children sleeping on the floor in garden stations where, again, there was a crisis in, in supply of short-term accommodation. So, you know, it's a very chilling prospect. But the reality is, Alan, and again, you know, this is, it's extraordinary, but the government 
have not given us any uh, figures, any data. They have no modelling of their own as to the impact of the lifting of the ban. They've no modelling, by the way, of the impact on driving families into homelessness or on the impact of extending the ban on, on, uh, on the numbers of landlords. They've given us anecdotes that they made, they've made this decision to keep landlords in the sector without actually having any, any evidence for that. Mm. So I suppose what we do have are the figures, as I've said, from the Residential Tenancies Board. And those are very alarming because they said up to nearly 3,700, just over 3,700 notices to quit were issued in the third quarter of last year. And about and these, are families, of, these are families? No, they, they, these are, are renters. These yeah. are households. So right. each notice to quit would, well, as far as we can tell, and again, the RTB qualify their figures because, of course, they also rely on landlords reporting to them. So it may be an underrepresentation. That's the first thing to say. And, of course, you may have a number of different households. For example, single-person units, you know, you might have five or six in one house. And each would be a notice to quit. There might be just one sale of a house by a landlord, five or six notices to quit issued. So, you know, there are all these qualifications. But we do know over 3,700 3, 3, notices to quit issued in the third quarter of last year alone, about two-thirds of those uh, to take effect from the 1st of April, because we know there's a staggered lifting of the ban between the 1st of April and the 1st of June. So not everyone who's got a notice to quit will be asked to leave on Saturday, it will be staggered from that. That was always the way the ban okay. was constructed. So, it, so, but as I say, the figures are not so clear. But we do know that uh, that it, you know it, it does represent thousands of households who, on on whom a notice to quit has already been served and which right. is due to take effect on the first of April. Uh, again, you know, we're relying also on what we're hearing from. Um, from uh, the housing officers in local councils, who are very, very anxious about what's going to happen from first of, uh, from the first of April, and we're hearing also from the housing charities and agencies. Okay. So it's it's they who are who are, and we're, of course we're hearing from individual constituents as well. So you know we're pu- pulling it together from that. But you know the reality is the government cannot say mm. what the you know what the numbers are going to be from Saturday, and that's a very concerning issue. But what they have admitted is that this decision is going to cause people to be evicted and therefore cause people to enter homelessness because there's simply such a chronic shortage of housing. Uh, And and so, you know, for, for many people, the eviction notice will mean that they will have nowhere else to go.